Hello, and welcome to the Post Church Podcast. My name is Bryson Wallace. Uh, today, we're going to dive into my story of uh, leaving the church and my experiences as a minister. I was a youth minister for about nine years in uh, Texas Baptist Church life. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to take this opportunity to talk a little bit about myself so that way you could uh, kind of know where I'm coming from and hear my experience and hear my story. Uh, I will uh, warn you, I have not really talked about this uh, this time in my life uh, extensively outside of my close friends and my family. So there may be some some moments where I am a little nervous or uh, I might, I don't know, I don't know what I, I might do. Uh, so yeah, um, let's go ahead and go uh, on with it. Uh, again, thank you for listening. And I don't know how long this podcast will be because uh, I really enjoy talking about myself, um, but we shall see. Uh, so I grew up in a family that uh, at first off didn't go to church. Um, I, I don't remember going to church before uh, kindergarten or anything. Uh, we did pray before meals, and so there was some sort of um, a background of God. Uh, it wasn't until I was in kindergarten that I had uh, a friend come up and invite my family to church, uh, which I'm so thankful for that moment because it's put me into this world uh, of God and uh, really, truly what I enjoy to do in life. Uh, so uh, shout out uh, to you, Caleb, uh, for inviting me to church uh, all those many years ago. Uh, we became best buds. And uh, so anyways, we went to church and uh, this church uh, had an Awana program and we played games, we had snacks, and we learned about God and all the crazy stories in the Bible, which I thought were really, really cool and really fun. And I I cling, or I guess I, I grabbed a hold of those stories and just didn't let go. Yeah, it amazed me. Um, I accepted Christ as my Savior at uh, seven years old. And, I mean... From that point, my family went to church every single Sunday, Wednesday, we're talking Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and uh, things were good, things were great. Um, I felt my calling to ministry while I was in middle school. I went to youth camp and uh, felt like God was calling me to be a youth minister, to take kids to church camp, to do wild and crazy things with them and like uh, tell them about Jesus. I thought that was, I thought that was a really cool thing uh, to do. And so uh, in sixth grade, I surrendered my life to full-time ministry. So um, looking back at the church that I grew up in, I grew up in a very fundamental, independent Baptist church. Uh, to give you kind of a picture, um, women weren't allowed to wear uh, pants in the sanctuary. Um, we sang only hymns. Uh, we only read from the King James Bible. There was no other version. 
so, I mean, looking back and like while I was a kid and while I was uh, in, in youth and stuff, it was all good. Like there was no, I look back on my childhood and it was good. Um, but there are some things that, you know, from that, that I am, you know, kind of tackling today. Um, and, and some things that have, um, you know, come back around and I look at and realize, oh, maybe that wasn't so um, good. And, and part of that was this, I don't know, skepticism of everything that was not from my church. You know, I wanted to be a minister and I had multiple members uh, come up to me and warn me about going to college to be a minister. Like I, I was going to Howard Payne University, Stingham, if there are any Yellow Jackets out there, and I was going to become a minister. Uh, that's what I was going to do. Uh, they still, even though it was a Baptist university, they still looked at me and said, hey, you need to be careful with what you're professors are teaching you because they're going to, they might, you know, have you question your faith and it is not good to question your faith. You should never question your faith. And so I was very, very skeptical and almost kind of scared, um, about, uh, going to college. Uh, and, uh, I was like, nah, they're not going to challenge my faith. It's not that's not going to happen. You know, I'm, I'm pretty solid or whatever. Um, and I was wrong. <laughs> My first class was introduction to old Testament. And I remember looking at a piece of paper that was kind of a, uh, introduction to the class so that the professor could kind of see where we are and kind of see our understandings of the Bible, because it was a required class for, uh, the whole university, everyone had to take this class. And so he, he just had this uh, these questions to kind of get an idea of where everybody was. And the first question, we were in Genesis, the first question was, um, what do the two creation stories uh, tell us about God? And I had no idea what was going on in my head because... I was always taught that there was one creation story that the creation story that we find in Genesis one. And then in uh, Genesis two, they were one in the same, like Genesis, Genesis two happened on like the sixth day. And, uh, I thought there were just one story. It was one story. And now I have this piece of paper in front of me telling me, Hey, there's two stories and they both show a different picture of God. It was at that point that I started, I guess you could say, a deconstruction uh, process. Uh, because it was at that point that I realized that the faith that I grew up with it didn't give me all the answers. Like, I had so many questions, like just from that one piece of paper that flooded my mind and... I was like, why, why did no one tell me this? Like, why is this the first question being asked? And I have no idea how to answer it. Um, and so it, it led me to, to ask other questions about that. Um, and, and it was a slow process. I mean, even within that first year, I remember trying to convert my roommate into a, uh, King James only, um, <laughs> follower, 
um, or the King Jimmy, as we like to call it now. Um, so uh, sorry about that. Uh, he still gives me a hard time. I remember going to my computer and being like, hey, look at all of these differences between the King James and, you know, the ESV It takes out so many different things. And um, at that time, uh, I was really close minded and I literally thought that only the King James version was the, you know, was the Bible. That was it. Um, so anyways, um, it, it took a while. It wasn't until my second year at college taking biblical interp that the doors were kind of opened wide and that I realized the stories that I learned, there is a lot more to them. There's a lot more going on. There's a lot more going on in the world of the Bible that I had no idea and it affected how I read the Bible. It affected uh, all sorts of things. Um, uh, I met my wife in college and uh, we got married in uh, 2015. Uh, I was uh, almost, or I had just finished my undergrad. Uh, I majored in Bible and uh, at the time we were at a small church uh, just south of Brownwood uh, called in Goldthwaite, and we were part-time ministers there, and I really enjoyed that, um, but I knew that God was calling me to do full-time ministry, and so I uh, prayed for that, and in, in between those uh, positions, I had I left the church in Goldthwaite because I was working on my master's. I had one another job that I had, and I couldn't balance it all. My wife was pregnant with our first child, and I couldn't balance it all, and so I had to leave that church in Goldthwaite. Uh, I worked at Chick-fil-A for a while. Uh, Chick-fil-A was also a, an eye-opening experience uh, because, believe it or not, uh, one of my managers I was actually an atheist, and that brought about a lot of different like conversations, and it also opened my eyes to um, almost to an outsider's perspective of Christians. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why, uh, my other coworkers took the fact that their manager was an atheist as a challenge to always bring things up or to always argue and fight for their faith. And what they would have seen as just strong, you know, righteous anger or strong um, opinions, uh, I saw almost as hateful. Uh, the things that they would, they would bring up and they, they would yell, you know, at each other and they would start, you know, it was it was awful, uh, you know. I come you know, come to find out, uh, talking with my manager, he was like, you know, you know. Sometimes I kind of you know do it myself, and I bring it upon myself because I do like arguing. And uh, this was kind of hard to hear and sad to to hear. He's like, I kind of like getting that reaction from people because I know my be my by me being an atheist that. It's going to ruffle some feathers, and um, a lot of times they just want to argue. And he said he found that, you know, funny. Um, but we had some conversations, and uh, I remember he pulled me aside one day, 
we were talking something about the Old Testament or whatever. You know, at this point, I was pretty pretty well versed in different interpretations and different uh, different viewpoints. And um, he pulled me aside and he said, "You know, you are the first Christian that I've ever been able to actually have a conversation with and actually learn some things." Um, he said, "Most most of the time, people hear." that I'm an atheist and they just want to go on the offensive and they don't really take the time to talk. And he says, you are the first one that I've ever been able to have a full conversation with and actually feel like I'm being heard. And that broke my heart. Um, that broke my heart because that's not how it's supposed to be. Uh, that's not how, you know, we're called, you know, to minister people. We're not called to to yell at them. We're not called to, um, you know, just focus on the differences and, and, you know, fight about them. That's not what it was about. Um, and so that was, that was eye opening. that, that, that moment and that experience would would stay with me and still does. I still think about that moment often and how I, um, react to other beliefs and other, other systems. But, uh, after Chick-fil-A, uh, we got, my first full-time position as a youth minister in a little town outside of Lubbock. And uh, just for, for the sake of, you know, I know some people that are listening might know who I am, but just for the sake of, um, you know, again, this podcast is not about bashing churches or anything like that. Um, I'm just going to keep that uh, name out of uh, the podcast. But um, we went there. This is my first first full-time position. I believe I was, I think I was either 22 or 23 at the time. I might've been younger. Um, but anyways, uh, we go there and (laughs) it was kind of, it was fun. It was, I kind of had no idea what I was doing because I'd never been full-time before. I'd never had to completely come up with a calendar I mean, the church that I was at before was really small. I mean, we had a, a youth group of maybe five people. Uh, and this church, uh, we would have between 20 and 30 on Wednesday nights. It was a lot bigger. And it was it was a challenge, but I, I really enjoyed it. I got to know the kids. It was, a, it was a moment that I had to really look at myself and be like, hey, this is what this is about. Um I had to build up the youth group uh, whenever the last guy left. Uh, most of the high schoolers left. And so I had middle schoolers that I was bringing up and uh, really pouring into. And it was fun. Uh, we really enjoyed it. We loved the getting to know the kids. We loved, I loved teaching. That was my passion. And uh, things were great. Um, and about, I think, eight months to about a year in, uh, the pastor that had uh, called me on, uh, he left, he retired. And so there was a period of time where uh, I felt responsibility <laughs> for the church because it was only the only full-time people at this church were the pastor and me. And so um, I did take on some Sundays of preaching. Uh, thankfully, uh, the church had multiple preachers come in. They had an interim pastor come in. Um, but it was still kind of, it was still hard, um, to have all those responsibilities and to, to remember, oh, I might have to do some things or, 
or whatever. And, and being young and being this first full, full time, it was kind of scary. Um, but got through it. It was good. Uh, it was a really good learning experience. And then, um, about, uh, I guess six months, nine months after that, after he left, uh, we had called a new pastor and, uh, he was a former youth minister. He was, uh, I think 14, 15 years youth ministry prior. And, uh, I was like, great, awesome. Uh, finally I'll have someone to kind of, you know, mentor me and to, to look up to and, and go to with questions. And uh, so he joined and we got along great. And, um, he had all these, you know, different ideas and different things to tell me. And so things are, things are good. Um, looking back though, um, I have a journal that I, I write things in and I write stuff down. It's very sporadic. Um, but I can go back like five or six years in my journal entries. And I was reading in this time period of when, uh, he first got on as pastor and, uh, I started realizing that I do have, I had some, I had some major things going on back then. Uh, this was right around the time, this was right around 2016, which, uh, for me was a really big time in not only, it was, it was a big time in church history, uh, because being a, a, a minister, but also um, having studied a lot of church history and a lot of uh, theology, uh, seeing what was happening with um, it, what seemed like this marriage between the evangelical church and um, Donald Trump was scary to see. Um, the separation of church and state was really blurred during this time, and that was kind of a that was kind of an eye-opening thing. Uh, because I was still in this process of of kind of looking back at my childhood faith and looking at what things, uh, you know, I might see differently. And uh, when the election happened, that was that was a big point of, whoa, what is going on? Why is the why is the church, um, you know, why is the church so tied up in politics? Why is it so married to it? Because after that election, it was it was obvious. It was really obvious, and it was at that point that like my deconstruction kind of uh, snowballed. I started to read different books. I started to read different people and different perspectives, and I started listening to different podcasts. Uh, shout out to uh, you had permission. Uh, by Dan Koch. I know I mentioned it in the last episode, but I can't mention him enough. Enough. Uh, I'll link that again in the show notes. Um, but so you know, looking back in my journal, I realized I was having a lot of questions, and most of it spurred from uh, the election, and it spurred from seeing seeing church members and other people just react to what happened, and the the divide, the clear divide in our country. Uh, I could see the divide not only in our country, but also in our churches. Like it was never more prevalent than it was then that I had church members just bashing, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, I had, you know, some conservative, you know, church members bashing the left and bashing people that would, uh, you know, be more liberal, um, 
and even even to the point of saying, you know, I don't I don't see how a Christian could ever, you know, follow so and so. And that was that was heartbreaking because they were they were pitting, you know, another person's salvation on just their political views. And you know, that's not right. Um and there was this tension. There's this tension that like I was starting to to see some things differently. I was starting to um, you know, realize that uh, maybe there may be some stuff that I, I need to tackle and there's some beliefs that I need to tackle because um, this is crazy. Well, what is happening? And um, there was like this cognitive dissonance. And so I was thinking one way and the church was thinking this other way. And so reading back on my, in my journals, um, I, I haven't, I never really put two and two together until reading back. Um, I could see the pressure and I could see the stress that was going on in, in my mind and in my life. Um, you know, to the point of wondering whether or not I could be in a ministry or be in a church, you know, you know, big C church that was so married to politics and was just, it just seemed was all about being divisive and uh, just focusing on politics. It was, it was crazy. Um, but anyways, uh, after, after about a year of our pastor being there, um, it, it was summertime and we were going into my fourth year. I started in September of 2016 and I was going into my fourth year that summer. You know, I had more. We went to summer camp. I had, you know, the first the first year I took kids to summer camp. I had less than ten go, and the next year I had ten, twelve go, and then this year, that year, I had over thirty kids go, which was awesome. It, it felt great. It felt like man, I'm like stuff's happening and I was ready to go into the fourth year like all right you know I've got this great group of who were once middle schoolers they're now high schoolers and they're now kind of the leaders of the group and it, it felt like things were going to go well and um, this was also the summer that the Houston Chronicle put out their expose on the different Baptist churches uh, and that had hid or that had, um, kind of put to the side, uh, you know, sexual offenders and stuff like that. And so, uh, thankfully, you know, our church looked at that and was like, oh, Hey, we need to update our policies. We need to, we need to do something because we don't, you know, that's not who we are. We, we don't want to get, um, you know, caught in that. We want to make sure that we protect our children. And so, uh, we updated our policy, um, that any event that we have, um, whether it's youth, whether it's children, anything that involved um, students, that uh, two adults had to be there, and they couldn't be related, um, and you know they had to be. There had to be two adults in a room with any any students, and um, that was good. Like that was, you know, I was like, great, that's awesome. Uh, well, uh, in the beginning of the school year, or right before the school year was starting, we had an event called Rock the Desert. 
And if you don't know what that is, it's it's literally what it it's a rock show in the desert. It's about three days. It's a weekend, and um, we had gone the year before. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the people that went last year wanted to come again this year, and I had everything lined up. I had someone going. I had um, you know I had another sponsor and stuff. And that morning, um, the uh, sponsor that I had going uh, called and said that they couldn't go, that something came up and they they couldn't go. And I was like, this is a weekend trip. And I tried calling other, I tried calling other people to go. I tried seeing if they could, they could join and I, I could not get anyone to come with me, which meant that uh, I had to cancel. Um, and so that was a bummer. I was really bummed about that. Uh, I had to cancel. And then, uh, that was kind of, uh, every year. Every year after church camp, I kind of, I call it the post uh, youth camp blues. Um, Because when you go to church camp, uh, you're on this kind of like spiritual high. And then uh, it's really, really hard to keep up that spiritual high. And then, so, you know, naturally it kind of goes low and being, you know, a minister trying to to prepare for the next year and stuff like that. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I would get kind of like in this, I guess a depressed state after youth camp, um, where I would be low, but you know, it would come back up once school started up again and everything. Uh, It was, it was at those moments that I feel like I need like rest. Well, uh, after having to cancel that event, I was, I was super bummed (laughs) and, you know, with the, the post youth camp stuff, blues and stuff, I was like, Oh man, I feel awful. Like I feel terrible, and so I went up. I went to my pastor, and I, you know, I told him I had to cancel, and and he was understanding because, you know, that's our policy now. You know, we we can't we can't go if you know we don't have anybody, and um, yeah, I told him he's like, you know, I've been really I've been feeling really down, and you know, is it okay if I can if I take a few days off because, you know, I feel kind of crappy right now. Um, you know, to be honest, I feel, I don't know if I feel depressed or whatever. I feel crappy. And, um, you know, I wanted to just take a couple of days off and, you know, kind of recharge. Um, but, uh, you know, he looked at me and what he said, you know, I might be paraphrasing. Um, it's all this, this moment in time, these months or whatever that I'm about to talk about, they call kind of blurred together. Um, he looked at me and he said, um, are you, are you where you are called to be? Are you, are you called to do this? And he was like, do you feel like you're called to student ministry? And, you know, I, looking back, I, I don't know why I answered the way I did. I don't know if it was just the pressure of everything mounting on, like the pressures of, you know, what had happened in the election, the pressures of, everything that, everything that was going on, like, I, I don't know, um, and, you know, the post youth camp blues, that kind of stuff, um, you know, I looked at him and says, I I really don't know, I I don't know if I am or not, um, because, you know, there were some times, you know, looking back on the journals that I was really questioning ministry, uh, and where it was kind of stressing me out, but it was more because of this dissonance between, what was going on, you know, in the world. And so, 
you know, he, he took a real serious uh, tone after I had said that. And he said, you know, um, we really need to think about this. Um, I need to think about this. I need to make some phone calls. And so, um, he was like, why don't you go to lunch and everything? And so, um, I go to lunch and I tell my wife, my wife's a little worried. You know, we had just had our, um, second child and she was a little worried. I mean, she was okay with me going for a few days, you know, just to kind of recharge and stuff. You know, I hadn't done it in, I don't, I guess a few years at that point. Um, and so, uh, I call, um, because there was a funeral that weekend and I wanted to call and make sure that, um, it was covered before, you know, I left before I left for those few days. And so I called and made sure it was all good that someone was, was there. Um, but, uh, I called my pastor and, he, uh, I said, Hey, is it okay if I just go take a few days? Like, I just want to go and you know, like see my dad, you know, that kind of thing. I just want to go and, and have some time. And he's like, um, I'm still thinking about some things. Uh, why don't you come and talk to me after lunch? And I was like, okay, that was really weird. But I, I waited until after lunch to go into his office. And he was like, you know, instead of, you know, three days, I want you to take a week off. And in this week that you have off, I want you to ask yourself three questions. And I hope I remember these questions. Um, again, it's all kind of a blur. He said, first, it's like, do you feel like your gifts, like your spiritual gifts, the gifts that you have, do you feel like your gifts, um, like your calling, what you're called to do, that you're using your gifts appropriately? Uh, or no, it was like, what are your gifts? And then it was, uh, do your gifts match up with youth ministry? Do your gifts match up with being in youth ministry? And then the third one was, if they don't match up, what is your exit plan? And he said that. I was like, what? Like, wait, hold on, what? Like, that was not like, yeah, I was struggling with, I, mean, I had questions about ministry. I had questions about, uh, you know, everything. But at, at no point was I like, I want to leave youth ministry. It was more of an internal struggle of, of what was going on in the world because I was excited for the, for the new year. I had some things planned out and some, some things that I wanted to do. And uh, so he was like, I want you to take a week and think about those things. And so I took a week and, you know, that was really hard for my wife because, you know, she was alone with our two kids, uh, for the whole week. And I went and, you know, I made like this whole marathon, uh, to go see people. I saw my dad, I saw my, uh, friend from college, uh, or my roommate from college. And then I came up and I found, uh, talk with, uh, another uh, friend in ministry. I talked to my professors from college. It was this whole long ordeal. Um, and you know, I got some, I got some really good feedback, you know, I got some, some feedback on, cause there, there's some things that I did struggle with. I did struggle with like organization and like planning, um, events and stuff like that. And, you know, I knew I needed to work on that. And so, you know, I, I talked through that with, with some people and, 
you know, I, I never thought it was like, like I struggled with it, but it was never to the point that like, I don't know, I, or I felt like my ministry struggled. Um, I didn't feel like that. Um, but I ended up going and talking to all the mentors in my life, you know, what was supposed to be a relaxing, you know, time turned out to be stressful and thinking about what I want to do with my life. And if I am called to youth ministry, if I'm gifted for youth ministry and I ended that week, like, yeah, you know, I want to be in youth ministry. I'm gifted in it. You know, I want to, like, I'm excited for, you know, what is to come. And, um, at that time, that's what I felt like. I felt like I was called to youth ministry. And so I go back, I tell him, he says, okay, all right, there's some things you need to work on and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, I had already had a lot of stuff planned out. Like, you know, I knew like in the summer, I knew that I needed to have a better, you know, plan. Like I needed to plan better. I needed to plan events better. I needed to communicate with people better. I already knew those things and I already had those things planned out. Like I had a, a whole section in one note that was all devoted to that. And so I was like, I'll just, you know, do what I was planning to do anyways. And, um, you know, uh, about a month goes by and, you know, this was early or late August, early September. Um, and in the middle, uh, of September, um, he comes in my office and he's like, Hey, um, I just want you to know, you know, I think, I think you really wasted this summer and, I was taken aback. I was like, wait, hold on. You know what? You know, yeah. And I'll be honest, the sun, this past summer, you know, I went, I guess you could say a little bit more relaxed in the events that I was doing, but it was all events that like we had movie nights. We had some fun stuff in the park. Um, it, it was a lot of, uh, you know, no, no pressure. Cause the, the summers before I had a lot of different, um, events and like heavy events and, uh, you know, more involved stuff. And so I was like, you know what, this summer, let's take, let's take a little break. Let's, let's have some, have some fun. Let's have some events that, you know, people could easily come to. They don't have to pay for, you know, we went to some main, you know, we went to main event and stuff this, that summer and as well. And like uh, main event is kind of like a, I don't know, a fun, like theme park kind of thing. But anyways, um, and so he was like, I think you wasted the summer. And I was like, okay, um, I don't think so. But anyways, um, there was that. And then uh, it was in October. It was the first week in October. And he comes into my office. You know, I had been working on stuff. I had been trying to implement things and trying to get stuff all all good. You know, stuff that I, he wanted me to work on. And he comes into my office and he um, he says... You know, I think you need to, I think you need to find another church. Um, and I was, I was devastated. Um, I, w I was like, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to, what to do. And, you know, I, I honestly felt like I was going to be there for longer and I, I was hurt and, part of me was like, that was not enough time for me to like, you only gave me a month to work on things. It was only a month. And, you know, I felt like that wasn't fair. Um, but come to find out, you know, as I talked with more people uh, about this, some close friends and, um, 
you know, I even tried talking to, uh, you know, the committee that I thought was supposed to be the committee I went to if there was problems. It was the, you know, um, I guess employee com- or staff, I think staff community, whatever, whatever it's called, uh, personnel committee. And, um, I even went to them with my concerns and, um, I left that meeting realizing that it wasn't the personnel committee that made, makes any choices. It was the pastor that made the choices and the pastor that makes all the decisions. It was at that point I was like, Oh, okay, well, there's nothing really that I can do. Um, and so, um, I come to find out after talking to my pastor more, um, that, uh, it was like, this, this makes me so angry, you know, thinking about it. But, um, and, and, you know, he told me it was like, he didn't feel like that I was a good fit for the church because earlier on, whenever he first came on as pastor, um, my personality type, I am more introverted. I am not, you know, I will be wild and crazy when I need to be. Um, you know, I will be extroverted when I need to be, but, um, I'm introverted. I'm very, a, I'm reserved. I'm not, uh, you know, wild and crazy. And I remember him, him talking to me and saying, Hey, I have no idea what to do with you. Um, I I've never met an introverted youth minister and you know, that should have been a red flag for me way back whenever he was first there. That should have been a red flag. Um, because I knew some introverted youth ministers. I knew youth ministers that were like me and that did ministry the way I did. Um, but anyways, uh, talking to him more, um, I realized that it was more personality. It was more, um, who I was as a person really uh, of how, um, I was cause he had the I mean, he had the audacity to tell me that, you know, I think you would do really, really well in a large city, in a church in a large city. And I was like, what? Like that, to me, that made no sense whatsoever. Um, you know, that adds more kids, that adds more, you know, more planning on my part, which I'm weak at, all this stuff. And, you know, come to find out, it was just, it really was just... um it was this difference of personality. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was some of the, you know, logistical things and like the, the practical things in my job that I could have done better, but from talking with him and having those conversations, I realized it was more the personality and more of the, Oh, you're just not a good fit. Um, and I found out later that he hired one of his best friends, uh, so, I mean, there's that, uh, you can take that with, uh, you know, however you want it. Um, but, uh, after a few months, um, searching, this was in 2019, this is the end of 2019, um, searching for a church. We found a church, um, North of Lubbock and, uh, it was a part-time position, which we were really, really nervous about. And we went there. Um, the first off, the pastor was, was awesome. Um, he really, 
like encapsulated what I visioned a pastor to be, um, like pastorally. Um, I told him, you know, what all went down and he was like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll support you. We'll, we'll be with you. We'll, we'll help you through that. And they, you know, they did. And, um, we were really nervous about being part-time. And so, uh, my wife was, uh, in the process of getting her, uh, teacher certification. And, um, they mentioned that, you know, one of the, the, the head of the deacons was the superintendent of the school district there. And he had said that we have a position open for a kindergarten teacher and that that position would be, would be hers if she came and if we came and everything like that. So that was awesome. Uh, that also came with like housing because the, the school district was so small that they offered housing there and we were like, awesome. It, it seemed like, you know, doors were opening it up and things were great. And so we go there and <laughs> My first Sunday, my first Sunday was, um, the, uh, <laughs> was, was the Sunday before lockdown, uh, the pandemic. Um, and so that was interesting. That was hard. You know, how can you build a youth group when you haven't, you've only met like five of them and then, you know, you, you can't meet face to face after that. Um, that was interesting. Um, that was a fun time, you know, also getting the, this little country church into the digital age of, of streaming services and doing online services and figuring all that stuff out. I mean, that was, that was fun. You know, that was a challenge, but it was, I learned a lot through that. Um, that was great. Um, the church itself was really uh, welcoming and warming and like we, we felt like we could heal there. Um, but because COVID hit, um, my wife couldn't start as uh, a teacher. Like the plan was that she was going to be an aide. And then after, you know, this, this year, she would be, uh, you know, a full teacher the next school year. And so because of COVID, she wasn't able to start as an aide. And so that was, you know, a, a blow to uh, kind of our finances. We, we had, you know, severance from the last job. Uh, so we, we kind of survived on that for a little while. Um, um, but as the school year ended, um, we re as contracts were coming to be renewed and they were searching for people, um, another person applied for the kindergarten position that had experience and they took, they took that position. And so the job that we were, that we were promised and, you know, the housing that went along with it, um, was gone. Um, and that hurt. Um, we were in a small, very small two bedroom farmhouse, like surrounded by cows. Like literally we were in the middle of a pasture. It was right next to the school. It was real convenient, but it was so small. And, you know, at this point, my, my son is five years old and my daughter is, um, two about to turn or yeah, she's two. And it was, it was rough. Those were rough years financially. Um, we still felt supported, you know, from the church and everything. I'm grateful for that. Um, but this was, you know, this time was also, you know, election year. And so all of those, that previous, um, 
you know, the previous like dissonance, it was still there because this was a small country church. You know, most people were conservative and most people, um, you know, had, had those different views, but there was still this like marriage of church and state, this inseparable, um, they were inseparable. And, you know, so that pressure and that, you know, being an election year and hearing people talk about other people and being hateful and, you know, own church members like that, it was, it was not, it was not good. It was not fun. And so, um, it, it, this was also tough, you know, adding on to the fact that like, um, the things that we were promised were not given to us, you know, by the, by the church. And I understand, you know, pandemic, you know, that changed a lot of things, but it still hurt, you know, coming from coming away had we had just come from, uh, to this and to, to be filled of hope. And then, you know, those hopes to be, to be gone, um, was really rough. Um, it was at this point that I was really, this was at the point that I was really thinking about the podcast and stuff like that. But, um, you know, that, that didn't, you know, come to fruition because, um, I was really stressed out. I was trying to figure out what to do. Um, I ended up teaching, uh, as a sub, I ended up doing that full time because the school district decided to uh, be open that year, uh, 2020 to 2021 and face to face and everything like that. And so naturally, I mean, there was a lot of teachers that caught COVID and were out with COVID, um, and everything. And, um, I ended up, I started subbing in September, the end of September, early October. And like by the first week I was already there every day, which was great, you know, for our finances and, and everything. Elizabeth was still doing, uh, uh, being a teacher's aide and stuff. Um, but I was there every day and, um, you know, I had always subbed in other, uh, school districts, but, um, I had never been in the school this much you know, every single day and getting to see the kids, getting to see my students, you know, from having a summer of just virtual, um, was awesome and getting to see them in a different light. Um, uh, I guess God was kind of opening my, up my heart to, to that side. And I love teaching. Teaching is my passion, uh, whatever it may be. I love to teach. And so, um, I started thinking, well, maybe this could be, maybe this could be what I do. You know, maybe next year, you know, I could do, you know, the worship ministry because I was worship minister and student minister. Maybe I could do the worship and stuff, you know, still do it part time, but like be a full time teacher along with it. Um, and yeah, at this school district, I mean, and then, you know, I'll talk to my wife about it and she's like, yeah, that actually sounds pretty good. I think we could do that. And so I started working on my certification and um, we we both were able to, you know, get you know, the requirements done and stuff like that. And so we're like, all right, cool. Let's just wait for contracts to be up because we knew some people were leaving and we're like, you know, maybe we can, maybe we can be teachers and stuff like this will be awesome. And the school board made the decision, um, to not hire any new teachers, that they were only going to hire teachers with experience. And so that was, that was so demoralizing we were so bummed because, you know, my salary, you know, from the school was, was not going to continue in the summer. Elizabeth's was cause she was contracted as an aide. And so we were in the middle of nowhere with no jobs 
um, except for the dollar store, which my wife worked at the dollar store for a little while. You know, I, you know, praise her on that and, you know, she's stronger than I am. Um, but there was no jobs and we were out of severance money, you know, at that time. And like, there was no way that we could live. Like we ran the numbers, like we were like, what if we did this? And that like, there was no way there was, there was just no opportunities for us. And so, uh, we made, you know, the hard decision, um, to, uh, to leave, I guess it wasn't hard because we kind of had to, um, but it was also, it was also that kind of point in time that I was like, do I really want to stay in ministry? You know, is this teaching thing going to be good? You know, do I want to leave ministry because of the climate that's going on? Cause this is, you know, this is crazy. Um, so the summer of 21, um, we, we moved, we moved in with my dad. He graciously opened up his home to us, um, in the, uh, in the Austin area. Uh, my wife had signed a contract with a town uh, called Elgin that is, that was right like 20 minutes away from my dad's house. And so my dad was like, Hey, you guys can stay here until you find a house until uh, you find a place to stay and figure out what you're going to be doing. And we were so grateful to them. Like, I don't know what we would have done without them. And so uh, we did that. And um, I did some delivery stuff in the, you know, summer. And I actually uh, signed a contract with a school district uh, called Maynard. And I was going to be a sixth grade math teacher. Um and, it, you know, that was a rocky start getting into that position. You know, that a lot of details, but I won't get into that. But um, realized after being there, so, you know, the first semester, um, public school teaching is not for me. Um, it was hard. It was a lot of um, students that were low in the so, low socioeconomic class and a lot of at-risk kids that, um, man, like, and then not, they were sixth graders, but they were at the social emotional level of third and fourth graders. It was, it was bizarre to see. And it was very, very hard. Um, I was stressed out. Like, I, my anxiety medicine wasn't working, you know, that I started taking, you know, whenever we were, uh, in the small little country church. And, but it wasn't working. And, uh, I had to, I had to leave at the middle of the year, uh, for my mental health and for my family, because there was no way that I could sustain it. Um, and so I left and then, uh, was <laughs> unemployed for a little while. Um, we found a house, which was kind of stressful because we found the house and then I quit. Um, but we were really grateful for that. Um, with all the crazy housing and stuff that's going on and it's still going on as I record this. Um, but anyways, uh, that kind of brings us to, to here. I, I worked at Chick-fil-A for a little bit and then now I am a teller, uh, at Wells Fargo and, um, it's been, it's been nine months since we left, uh, left the church and in this between time, I've, I've taken a lot of time to think about, what do I want to do with my life? Because I thought it was going to be teaching and, you know, that didn't pan out. And 
you know, I'm sitting here working as a teller and, you know, yeah, I'm making some good money, I guess, but it's not fun. It's not what I want to do. And I look back on like, you know, when I say I love theology, I love it. Like my garage is full of, of boxes of books that I can't put up because there's no room. Um, and you know, this in between time, you know, I felt this longing and this, you know, yearning to just be back in the, in the world of God and, and talking about God and, um, relationship with God and, you know, what that looks like for different people. And, you know, we hadn't been visiting any churches. We were, we were burned out. Like we, we were like, no, you know, we, we can't do this. You know, let, let's, let's not, let's take a break because all the churches, you know, living in the South, um, both of us were, were starting to have different views on things that, you know, we visited some churches and we realized, no, this is not, this isn't going to match up with what we, what we now believe. And, um, I'll get into more of those beliefs at other, other times whenever we talk about them. Um, but, uh, anyways, uh, you know, it, it's ironic, you know, I call this, uh, podcast, the post church podcast, for those like that are after church or that are in between or, or whatever you may call it. But, um, it wasn't until about a month and a half ago, uh, that my wife and I actually found a church. Um, and it's not perfect because no church is perfect, but it is pretty darn close. Um, uh, we are attending first Baptist church in Austin. And, um, this is the first church that my wife and I have felt completely welcomed in like all every fiber of our being is welcomed like every you know belief every thought every you know our way of life just how like this is the first church that we've ever been a part of that we can actually be ourselves you know and not you know yeah we're not ministers and so there's not this kind of weird you know pedestal that we're put on which happens whenever you're a minister and a minister's wife um, we'll talk to more about my you know my wife and talk to her and her experiences in another episode. But, um, yeah, um, you know, we have found a church, <laughs> but, um, it, it is for that, that reason, finding the church and going and being welcomed. And, um, that is what has pushed me to actually start this up. Like literally, Yesterday, I'm recording this on a Monday, on uh, the Monday after Palm Sunday. Our preacher uh, preached a sermon about Palm Sunday and about, you know, you know, sermon cut short about Jesus breaking things. Now, Jesus broke things. He broke systems. He broke, you know, ways of thought. He, he broke it. And, you know, the pastor challenged us, you know, what do you need to break this week? Do you need to break through some kind of system that you're in? Do you need to break through some fear? And what I realized what I need to break through is fear. Um, you know, going back to my upbringing um, and the church that I was a part of, um, I viewed any ideology that was different from the one that I was taught at that church I looked at them as enemies and I looked at them as 
not really Christian, and I looked at them as they were going to hell. And looking back and hearing that message yesterday, I realized I have this fear. Because you know, I'm putting myself out here in the next couple of episodes and, and stuff as, as we go along and talk about different beliefs and talk about reasons that people may have left, whether it is because of theology or because of practical things. Um, you know, there are some beliefs that I might hold that, you know, younger me would have looked at me and said, no, you're not a Christian. You're going to hell. And that has been what has kept me from talking on this podcast because I have, I am a whole different person now than I was when I first started college, whenever I was in high school, completely different. Um, but, uh, but now I'm here. I am, I'm excited to start this journey and I kind of feel like this, um, I don't know, this, this, rush of wind like like i'm i'm riding on this wind of like oh hey let's get started like i almost feel like you know the ministry because i still feel called i still feel called to ministry i still feel called to you know help people on their journey of faith and this was almost a moment of hey guess what this is it this this could be what you do this could be the ministry that you have is, is to walk alongside people in their journey, to listen to their experiences, and just be there for them. You know, I mentioned last po- last episode about what this podcast isn't. I'm also not going to try to bring people, you know, to convert people back in, into the church, to, to um, uh, pressure them into coming back into church. Uh, because, you know, I there are so many people that, the church has just absolutely abused and I can't ask, you know, someone to come back to their abuser and, you know, but what I can do is I can listen and this podcast can be here for, you know, churches, for people to hear those experiences and to hear what is going on in, you know, the, the church climate in America, uh, this post church, this post Christian era, and um, I'm so excited for it. I'm so excited to to be a part of that. Um, but anyways, you know, uh, it's been almost an it's been almost an hour of me talking. Um, thank you so much for for listening. Um, I really appreciate it. And and this is kind of how I want you know this po- I want this is what I want this podcast to be. Uh, you know. There will be some times where we might discuss some stuff. We might go over, you know, a reason that people have left. But I mainly want this to be a a point that people can just talk about their experience. That we can hear their experience. That we can see what they're doing on their journey and meet them there. Because whether you like it or not, we are all on a journey whether that's, you know, through church, whether that's through, you know, maybe a different relig- different faith, we're all on a journey. We're on the journey of life together and we can learn from each other. We can grow with each other. And I hope that that's what this podcast would be. Um, but anyways, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to me talk about myself and my experiences. 
I feel like I I feel better um, getting some of those things out. I feel a lot better getting some of those out. And I'm sure I will feel better once I talk about other things, like as they come up in the show. Um, and hopefully this podcast can do that for you too. Listening, hopefully listening can do that for you. Um, if you uh, or someone that you know has left the church uh, for whatever reason, if they were a minister or if uh, you know they just left their the faith of their childhood, whatever it may be, um, I would love to talk with you. You know, I'm going to link the email um, down in the show notes. Shoot me an email. I would love to talk with you. Um, if you would like to be on the show, awesome. If not, that's okay. I just want to hear your story. I want to learn about people. I want to learn about their experience. And, you know, that can inform, you know, how this podcast goes forward. You know, what things that I might need to talk about that the church needs to hear and that those that are in the in-between, what they need to hear. So uh, that link uh, to that email is going to be down in the show notes. Um, there is also a link in the show notes to uh, support me uh, financially. Um, you know, there's no pressure to. Um, it's, you know, I have a full-time job, all that stuff. And, you know, I'll be honest, my dream is to be able to just do this, um, is to to help people and to, to learn more about people. So if you want to do that, you know, go down the show notes. Um, click on that link. Um, there's no account that you need uh, for the one that's on there. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. Um, thank you again for listening. Um, I hope to have another episode ready for you next week. Um, but until then, uh, grace and peace to you. Um, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, and see you next time. Bye.